the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at Nissan.ie. Okay, as we alluded to earlier, uh, on our relationship slot today, we're going to focus in post-cocooning, the relationship and the importance of grandparents to the upbringing of their grandchildren and the benefits being a grandparent brings through their grandchildren as part of their later years. Uh, Stephanie, welcome back uh, to the show. Thank Uh, you. First of all, I suppose this is very topical in the context of severed relationships because of cocooning. Yes, I, I really thought that, Ivan. Um, just as uh, everyone has, has, you know, children have missed their grandparents. We've seen it on the TV. We've seen people um, making up those perspex type plastic kind of hug um, sort of, um, how would you say, sheathing so that they can get to see their grandparents. Children miss them. They have these magical times with grandparents who are available to them, you know, baking, cooking, spending time, uh, sharing skills, sharing stories. There's so much that grandparents bring, and that has been missed greatly. And I thought no harm to just maybe just open it out, talk a little more about it. What is it exactly that is magic about that relationship? And, uh, you know, who benefits the most? I mean, I think everyone benefits, in fact. But, you know, what are the specific benefits? And, um, and of course, then we have the whole thing around childminding and how much of it is visiting and and uh, simply being uh, having the chance to love and adore them and how much of it is child minding that is expected needed and you know and what is that like for grandparents and what is it like for others who rely on them okay and i'm i'm just maybe go to the end of of of, of sure. your notes in terms of it's quite staggering the benefits to both grandchildren of having grandparents and vice versa just talk us through some of these studies Yes, yes, it is really interesting. And, um, and I mean, it makes perfect sense to me, I have to say, from a, a clinical side, that studies um, in England have shown that the children, particularly teenagers, have greater benefits, if you like, from having this strong emotional tie with the grandparent. They have less difficulties with, um, with their peers less, and less problematic behaviors. And I think... You know, I would see that immediately. I would, I would immediately think about how teenagers, often I would have met this a lot in my own work, how they can sort of bypass the parent a little bit and, and confide more in the grandparent and tell them maybe troubles they're having in school or something that's going on. And it may even not be that direct, but they can ask them how they were, you know, they can hear stories from grandparents about how they handle situations. And we all know as you get older in life, you're a lot more wise. You're a lot smarter about. Well, how they to don't appreciate that things. around here in news talk at all. That the Say that oldies, again? you know, the benefits of wisdom from older age, that's completely <laughs> lost on these youngsters in news talk. <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's. They're let's, not listening to you either. Well, this is it. it. But the, the point, the point I want to get at is, yeah. there's both cognitive tests yes. in uh, the Australia, and there's yeah. other studies that show that grandparents can live longer, and yes. children with grandparents perform better. Yes, that what was shown in the Australian study, which you're referring to there, is that that women who took care of grandchildren 
actually it was, it was specifically on grandmothers as it happened, but it showed that they had better cognitive functioning than those grandmothers who did not. Um, and their, you know, so their scores were very good. And it also seemed to be a little protective against Alzheimer's, which was also quite interesting. Now, that was all based on a once a week exposure to children. You see, you think about it as well, there's all these added benefits of, for somebody minding a child, there are all the added benefits in that age group. It keeps them in touch with younger people and with younger issues. It helps them to feel valued, builds up their self-esteem when maybe they're finished working and many people in that age group feel, you know, that they don't have a a key function anymore, which can be quite hard. So becoming becoming a carer, you know, to your grandchildren can give yeah, a, a boost uh, at that uh, level. And that's also in the, in the context of the person in their 70s or 80s yes. or whatever. You know, their kids are now adults themselves, perhaps in their 30s, and, and don't, you know, rely on their parents. So the opportunity to get a listening ear from six or seven-year-olds yeah. is, is actually very rewarding. Now, tell me me about the functions. In other words, a good granny or granddad does what? Well, I mean, good grand. You, you said earlier, you know about about them spoiling them, but the, the reality is that that grandparents embody a whole world that is so constant, so important to children. And first of all, if you like, they're the kind of they they hold all the history. They have all the family history. They can just share that through stories. And that, you know, as children get older, they become more and more tuned into the value of that. And you see your, you, you know, I'm sure yourself, you see your children as life goes on. They get to 18 to 20 to 22 and suddenly they really become interested in these things. I think grandparents have that. They hold all that history. They hold all that history about a life that, that was before and they can share it in this very simple way, in this very direct way. So it's like they are like teachers. You know, they're teaching um, skills and imparting stories about what life was like years ago. They can provoke all sorts of interest in history and geography and all of these things for children. They make them come alive, I think, in that sense, because they can tell it just through the story of their own life. Yeah, I, 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 I can extend that. Like, my mother is 88, and when I go home and have a yeah. few cans and sit on the sofa, and I talk to her about what happened when she was, you know, courting my father and the yeah. family history of the different repair jobs done on the family home and all this. Yeah. Kind of, and there's things nobody else could tell me. And she'd say, oh, father-in-law was like this or that. And the other. In other words, that it's mm. an insight... And I really would say to people that you think the doddery old one in the corner there will be of no benefit, but it's amazing what you can learn from them all through your life. Yes, and what you assumed perhaps, but never actually asked them to discuss, you know, and that is, of course, that's where the whole grandparent day at school um, celebrations, you know, there is a grandparent day now in October, I think it's the 6th of October, but but in general in schools they celebrate that day and in, you, you've seen that I'm sure um, they invite the grandparents in to tell their stories and the kids do projects to you know find out all about their lives and it's a great way for to celebrate them and validate them and they're brought in then as part of school I think that's just fabulous and that's quite new I mean that's certainly in the last 10 years as far as you know to my knowledge and it just seems to me to be such an important thing in a child's life and in the grandparents' life. What about skills they can pass on? Well, you know yourself. I mean, if you talk to your mother, you know, she's probably, you know, they've 
all sorts of skills that are becoming have become extinct and unrequired now. Like boiling an egg. <laughs> like boiling an egg. Like Don't ask you know, a millennial the, to boil an egg, for God's no, sake. But the knitting, the stitching, the baking. I know we've all had super baking time in, in lockdown and all of that. But, you know, all those traditional things, they have, and they, and they do these things instinctively, and they can impart them in play and all the rest. I mean, you see it. I would recall my own my own father with grandchildren who is who is who has passed and you know he would he would be in the garden showing them how to you know how you plant things and just they'd just come and water with him but they would you know then they would be watching the things growing every week so they're learning by the way they're not being taught they're just learning by being with them so they're they're, they're they have this whole kind of I suppose they embody this whole sense of um practical skills as well so there's a lot of that that they can pass on. But there's another, can I just mention a few psychological things which I think people don't often notice about grandparents. We always think children are having a great time and I suppose you would say I, I can be the bearer of bad news in that sense because I, I deal with a lot of people who don't necessarily have perfect parents and who, who often have to spend a good bit of time working through the problems that they get from parents. So um, I'm very aware that grandparents have a very special role in this, and they are often they are often the person that the child or teenager or young adult can go to, and they're like they they they're just not as maybe harsh. Let's say the parent has been harsh on the child, then you may have a grandparent who really sees the good in the child, and so they become a buffer against this kind of harsh parenting. That's a really important function that grandparents have. And I have seen that used to enormous benefit, where they will uh, very, within the last year, I had a situation where a son had, and, and nobody would recognize this, so I'm just saying it in a very generalized way, had, had really, was terribly upset with how badly he'd done in his leaving search. And the father was all the time telling him, you know, he wouldn't get it and he wouldn't do it. And people are hard on kids. But he had this beautiful granny who just absolutely believed in him. And, you know, and he, that was his only person that he could really hold on to, to hold up his confidence and to keep depression and all that at bay. So grandparents are very special in that. And they're very special as well when there's separations and divorce. If you can let that relationship continue, they sort of, they can be a stabilizing force. You know, they can be that constant, which when everything else is getting disrupted, they can be that constant. So those two things I think are really important to highlight. And, and of course, the other one, which I, I kind of vaguely mentioned to there, which was just that, that whole thing of um, that teenagers can go and young adults can go to them with problems that they will not go to their parents with, even if they're great parents, because your children will not tell you sexual problems. They're not going to tell you problems with girlfriends, boyfriends. They don't. But they might talk to somebody else. You know, and grandparents yeah. sometimes fall into that, surprisingly. Okay. Um, now, okay. let's talk about ages of the children and when it's most beneficial. Like, everyone was congratulating me when I became a grandfather. Mm-hmm. And the Beth now is fantastic. She has two teeth and she's just starting to walk and she's, well, she's crawling around. She'll be about seven months. Right. Now, so I might see her once every six weeks. Yes. And she would look at me and burst out crying. She would make strange. And, uh, like, I see her do it with other people. It's not just me. I'd say yeah. she does it with, you know, an, another, only 
<laughs> Deirdre punches through. <laughs> That's yeah. a cry if you want to, but I'm holding on to you. So whereas I would, I wouldn't like to upset the child. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like, I do. I, I, like, so it, it hasn't, like, the, she's the sweetest little thing, don't get me wrong, and she's lovely and she's healthy and all that kind of thing. And the parents are much better parents than we ever were insofar as everything the child needs and, you know, training it to sleep properly and healthy yeah. and right food and everything is A1. But the, the point is this, I, I don't really see a big role for Ivan in this. I know. Well, I suppose, if you know, in the beginning, you have to say mothering is the, you know, and it's mothering by either mother or father, but it is the mothering thing, which is the minding, feeding, cuddling. I mean, that's what goes on in the first year. So your role is only really, it is, by the way, you are right, it's on the edge there a little bit. But I think the role increases and increases. You see, once they start walking, talking, they love and they realize who you are, you will get all that crack and joy out of it. Because... They come and they are interested in your house and they are interested in you and what you have out in the back garden. And and you are another whole world to explore for them. And I know seven months is not quite when you feel it. You are right there. And but you will, and remember, there has been a, a period here of three months. So this child hasn't seen an awful lot of you, probably. Well, not only that, like the point is this, is it's actually a two-way street because the way this child bawls and roars, I'd actually get very sick of her very quickly insofar as, like, there's always a problem, she, but she can roar. I mean, like, she does theatrical, you know, 20-minute yeah. roars when she puts her mind to it. And, like, I actually get on my nerves a bit, so I just like them to go to another room. So, like, I'm not yes. I'm not complaining about it. In other I words, know. there's all sorts of... But would Although you say... I do kinda, she doesn't hear you on the radio well, about it. At two or three years of age, is that the sort of age where... I think, I think, I think absolutely, even from one and a half, I think that par- grandparents become somebody special. And the other thing is, and I suppose we haven't mentioned it, is, you know, all the hugging that goes on with grandchildren, again, all well, very mixed at the moment. hugging now, yes, yes. Yeah, but hugging, I remember, um, I spoke to somebody recently, and they said that, they said, you know, they were, they were looking at some um, couples who were together in the lockdown, and just said to me, you know, I, I kind of envy people who are getting all that hugging, you know, mm. because everybody's so social distanced. And it really made me think of it. And I thought, you know, you take it for granted if you're married or, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a couple. But for people who aren't, and, and many older people are in that position where they may be single, you know, or they may be widowed. or And so they're, they're not being touched, you know what I mean? They're mm. not being hugged. And children, grandchildren are big on that, you know, straight in the door and the big hug. And I think... That's something that is very much missed. And it's very, you know, it's also, you know, we're very aware that hugging produces oxytocin and um, which boosts our immune system. And there's all sorts of hidden benefits there that are that are being missed as well as the emotional, you know, what we think is just an emotional factor. We really do miss it physiologically as well. Now, you're focusing, as always, on all these positive uh, benefits and so on. But like... I, I, I want to put another whole reality to you, which is the relationship between the grandparent and the parent. In other words, yeah. so now you have a situation that maybe the couple are living in one part of the country and one set of the grandparents is close by, but another is further away. Yeah. And the situation is that tensions can build up between the mother of the child and the mother-in-law, who may be further away, yeah. in terms of... Secondly, you could have a situation that Deirdre thinks she's the best mother in the world, but her daughter Kira, who's actually the child, child's mother, might have a different view on 
training it to sleep on yeah. how lo- long you let them cry for, when you start feeding them solids, you know, when you take them yeah. off for of breastfeeding. So yeah. my point is this. My attitude is, hey, I'm going to outsource all of this. I am so relieved that I won't be woken in the middle of the night. It is a result. I can, I can fake, you know, my concern and all the rest of it. But the truth of it is, maybe mothers of mothers find it difficult. Do we need to have a course for grandparents of not to interfere? Well, I think smart grandparents don't interfere. And, and, and grandparents in general are, you know, they're at an age where they are quite mature and wise and know what's important in life. So, I mean, certainly it's a golden rule. I would, you know, I would have step-grandchildren, the right word, but I have daughters who, stepdaughters who have lots of children, and so I, in that sense, would see them a lot. I would, I would never advise unless you're asked. I think that's a golden rule. I think you, you know, if someone, and probably it's a golden rule in general, isn't it, but especially with, with children. People are very, very sensitive about how they are, what they are doing with their children, it's important never to criticize. And if you, if you offer advice unbidden, you really are implying there's something to be corrected. So it's not a good idea. And I think hold open your advice. As I say, we've had our opportunity to make our own mistakes. If it's a mistake, they're going to make it. Let them make it. They'll come to you for advice when they want it. I, I think that is part and parcel of it. You have to just step back and not interfere in any way. Okay, and I, I'll agree with you that that is, that is actually the right advice. But I think if so. someone has reared six kids yes. and, 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 and the new mother's on her first child, yep. I think it's a reasonable assumption that the one who reared the six will probably know a little bit more about something that someone has never encountered before. And sometimes the young mother can be so itsy-bitsy, protective, selfish yeah. or whatever, or so domineering. They, they don't want someone else rearing their child, even if they make mistakes. In other words, sometimes the grandparent might be right. Often the grandparent is right, but it doesn't matter because they had their own child and they, this is not their child to rear. That's, for me, extremely clear. The other thing that's often Say hidden... Say it behind their back, then. Yeah, no, not even behind their back and definitely not behind their back. Hidden, what's often hidden in a mother's certainty about how she wants to do it, sometimes, you know, I mean, she can be a strong personality and she wants it that way. That's fine, and she is certain. And, but sometimes, as well, there's a lot of angst there. Mothers are, particularly new mothers, can be struggling very much with being good enough and feeling and that depressed. they're good enough. And yeah. they don't need somebody questioning them and saying, don't you think and don't you think and don't you think you should do that? And, and, and it's, it's really quite undermining for them. And even though, of course, they may not be doing it perfectly, maybe you think you can get them off to sleep or you could, yeah, but you know what? You had your own kids, you did it. This is their kids. All you have to do is be sweet, nice, and support them. And I think the best thing you can do from a grandparent point of view is constantly praise them and increase their own confidence in what they're doing. Offer, offer some advice if it's asked for. Right. I mean, like, there is the presumption there that the parent, as opposed to the grandparent, is sort of basically right, which is often not the case. Which is often no, not like the case. No, like you could have a very young parent or something, you know, yes. maybe a lone parent and struggling, yes. or maybe they've got the baby blues and maybe they're actually, actually really struggling. And then you have the whole issue that, you know, I mean, this gets blurred when so many... Uh, grandparents are child-minding because then this does get blurred because the the grandparent who is who is child-minding has has a certain if you like the position have, has shifted because in many ways she has to impose some kind of order on what she's doing with the child all day every day or you know how many number of days they are doing it 
So it's not the same as coming to visit. It's not the same as just being this very benign, loving mentor. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it has another element to it, especially if there's two children there or, you know, she's minding them after school or whatever. There'll be jobs to be done, things to be done. So it's not just the visit in that sense. And I think it can blur the line between the parent, if you like, the daughter and daughter or son and, and the grandparents. And that's a line that needs to be cleared very very much. And I've heard lots of conflict where grandparents will say, oh, she says they can't have this, but we give it to her. And she says she'll never sleep, but we do this. I don't think that's, I don't think that's in the right spirit of it, I have to say. I would try and keep with what the mother wants or what the father has asked me to do. Mm. The clock has beaten us. My thanks okay. to Stephanie Regan, clinical psychotherapist. Thank you for that fantastic set of insights into the benefits of grandparents and how to do it right. I've yet to figure it out. And that's our lot from today's edition of The Hard Children. My thanks to the production team, Mark Simpson, Ashling Moore, Dan Flanagan, Alex Russo and Gavin Ward. Michael Quilligan and Peter Malloy were on sound. Off the Ball is up next. We'll be back tomorrow from 4 p.m on News Talk. I'm on the box tonight at 10 with the Tonight Show on Virgin Media. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening.